And welcome to another episode of Transformations with Jane. Thank you so much for listening again. Today I have a really nice interview with Gizem from Foodie Tours Japan. Now, Gizem is from Germany. She came to Japan four years ago, initially to work on the ski field, but now she runs her own foodie, uh, foodie tours around Tokyo. And if you follow uh, Foodie Tours Japan on Instagram, you'll see the amazing things that she gets up to with her clients. And so I came across Gizem a while ago, and she actually helped me out in a big way with some clients I had visiting from Europe who I really wanted to experience the amazing food on offer in Tokyo. And she actually created a whole new um, tour for them because one of them was gluten-free and being gluten-free in Japan is actually quite tricky as it's uh, gluten is in soy sauce and soy sauce is in everything. So um, I'm very grateful for the work that Gazem did to uh, make that new tour. And you'll hear a little bit about what actually happened uh, when I asked her to do that. Um, Yeah, that's coming up in the episode. We also talk a lot about Um, how you don't have to be perfect to get started in business and how just, you know, getting started can be the hardest part, but it's okay to to make uh, adjustments as you go along to rebrand, to change your name, um, those kinds of things. So there's lots of, of gold in this episode and I hope you enjoy it. So please have a listen. Hi, Kazem. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. It's great to have you here today. Thank you. Hi, Jane. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we've had a really some really rough weather yesterday. It was a howling typhoon in Tokyo. Is your house okay? Yes, our house is okay. We have like a um, view, like a, a view stopper, a sudare kind of in front of our balcony and that one broke in half. But other than that, we're good. Thank you. I hope you're good. Yeah, yeah, no problems here. But a lot of leaves and branches lying around outside on the ground. So it must have been rough out there. I actually yeah. slept through the whole thing and didn't even know. Um, Which I found incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but my daughter woke up at like 2 a.m. or something and she said mm-hmm. she looked outside and she could see the wind walking down the street. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. As creepy as it sounds. As creepy weird. as it sounds, yeah. yeah. I stayed up until three and watched the wind walk down the street. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wish I'd actually seen it. It must have been, yeah, really quite something. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, so Gazem, um, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Please introduce yourself for those of my listeners who don't know you. All right. Um, well, hi, everyone. I'm Gizem. I'm 31 years old. I've been living in Japan for approximately four years now. 
and um, I run food tours and uh, like to connect people to food experiences and unique experiences that are not connected to food but can only be had in Japan with a certain person so this is what I do yeah so um, and the name of your business is foodie tours Japan is that right that's correct yeah, so what kind of what kind of things do people get to do on your tours? Um, well, I have my signature tours, as I like to call them. Those are set three-hour walking tours. Um, I really like to do walking tours as people don't sit in shops and they actually get to walk around town and get to see the streets um, of the neighborhood that we're exploring and they get to see more and um, see behind the scenes. So those are my signature tours. I do them, I concentrate on two neighborhoods in Tokyo as of now. So it's very, very small still. Uh, I concentrate on Asakusa and on the Harajuku neighborhood, Harajuku, back streets of Harajuku and Omotesanjo. Um, and other than that, I connect to cooking lessons. Um, so I'm connected to cooking lessons. Uh, that are a little bit special because um, with my food tours, I do not only welcome normal eaters, as I would say, uh, but especially people that have um, a certain kind of food restriction, saying um, being vegan or gluten-free or uh, um, working on vegan tours right now and also Muslim-friendly tours and not halal certified but we want to um or we it's more like me and a partner of mine um that we would like to offer food tours to muslim travelers too so this is what i do wow that's amazing and i know that when i've had guests come to japan who are gluten-free especially it's been so tricky to figure out what they can eat safely without having you know um accidentally eating something with with flour in it and you know because uh soy sauce here has gluten in it so it's in everything and wow that's really tricky so that's very hard to navigate that's right yeah so funny thing is about um about this uh connection with you it's obviously um that's something that some of our listeners might not know but uh, the gluten-free tours, the development of the gluten-free tours is owed to you and your retreat uh, <laughs> year one year ago. That was when I, for the first time, had to actually officially face the challenge of um, making a gluten-free tour and, uh, and also organizing a gluten-free cooking lesson for one of your retreats, which was an honor, by the way. It, um, it opened so many doors for me and I'm really grateful that you gave me that chance and the challenge. So that pushed my boundaries, but uh, it really opened up a new horizon for me. So thank you for that. Oh, well, that's very kind of you to say so, but yeah, I, I'm just, I, you know, I think you're giving me more credit than is due, but yeah, like um, having that necessity. Yes. Like suddenly you needed to make a gluten-free tour um, otherwise, you probably wouldn't do it because it is hard work, isn't it? Making a new tour. So especially learning about a new dietary <laughs> restriction. Um, yeah. yeah. And now you have this amazing product or service that, you know, people need. So that's awesome, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. The response has been actually mind blowing because um, after um, I finished this tour, which I organized or developed for you for your retreat, I decided to keep it and just put it out there. And in case of, um, yeah, if there was the necessity of, or if anyone really needed help during this day, that I might be able to now share my knowledge. And um, it's been great. It has been booked more than 20 times by now. So Wow, 20 been, times. Yes. yes. That's fantastic. And I haven't been advertising it much, so 20 times without much advertisement. Wow. <laughs> that yeah. gives me the tingles hearing that. I'm so excited to hear that. That's fabulous. Yes, I, was, I was really um, grateful for that opportunity. Otherwise, I might, might not have done it. And I learned so much about myself, too, in the process. And what, what did you learn about yourself, Kazem? Um, that I might be gluten-free myself. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, I just did not know it. Um, so after trying a couple of things i realized oh dear um actually i'm happy gluten-free myself that might be the reason behind my stomach troubles for so long so yeah i haven't officially um got myself checked out but i realized that after eating bread or having things that are heavily gluten uh, glutinous <laughs> uh, <laughs> that i would feel unwell and that this might be connected in some way. So I still need to get myself checked out. But interesting connection, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I also feel much better if I have far less gluten or no gluten. And I actually um, became, had to be gluten-free the, the time when I was pregnant the second time because I just became intolerant of it during my pregnancy with my son. And oh, wow. yeah, it was really weird. And yeah is weird yeah and but you know when you're pregnant your body becomes sort of very sensitive to things and so if mm -hmm. you already have a sensitivity to something it can become mm -hmm. worse while you're pregnant so i was like well maybe actually my body doesn't like this and yeah. so i should probably continue to be free that hasn't always gone well craving you might have while being pregnant <laughs> yeah well that was the thing i was like filling myself up with bread and all kinds of stuff and feeling yeah. really unwell and um like Aww. like something wrong with me and i thought oh it's just morning sickness or something but then when i stopped yeah. eating the bread and the yeah. you know just sort of sucked it up and didn't have those foods that i was craving Aww. i felt much better and then i realized okay this is what's causing okay. it so that was really weird. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the whole bread thing is, you know, because bread is a wonderful food and all of that. Um, but, you know, you actually came to Japan from Germany, right? Yeah. So that's like the oh, land of bread. The bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell us how you, you ended up in Japan that four years ago. How did that happen? Um, yeah, that was actually uh, um, a little bit of a, I would say uh, I worked against my destiny because my destiny was I studied Japanese in university and I failed all of my important exams, um, which got me bottomlessly uh, frustrated yeah. <laughs> because I really loved the Japanese language, but uh, circumstances at that time did not allow me to study more or study as much as I wanted. 
so I kind of fell behind and um, that got me frustrated which I turned into something positive, I guess. Uh, I took that frustration and I applied for a work and travel visa in Japan in 2012. And I came over here in 2012, December, and I worked in the mountains of Niigata in a ski resort for four months. So that was an amazing experience because it was literally in the middle of nowhere in the mountains with lots of snow and uh, um, not much else to do other than uh, trying to get my Japanese on because I had to serve customers at that time in Japanese. And um, we were a ski resort with, I think, thousand people of staff. And uh, among those thousand, we were literally 10 foreigners working. Wow. And uh, so you see how that works out with the Japanese. Um, that was great because that rocket started my Japanese and I think I couldn't have learned that much even in university. It did not, in university you don't get to learn the life skills that you will actually need when living in a country. So I think that worked out really well. And um, during that time I met my husband. Uh, yeah, we were friends and we got along very well. Then I moved to Tokyo and we started living together. However, I hadn't graduated from university, so I went back to Germany for a year and uh, wrote my thesis, and that was quite a hard time because we had a long-distance relationship, and, uh, you know, everyone who yeah. has had a long-distance <laughs> relationship knows that's just no fun, mm -hmm. <laughs> no matter how much technology has developed. But yeah, I came back after my thesis, and everything worked out, so I'm still here. I see. So you came via the, the working visa um, route and you did your time in the ski areas. That's not mm -hmm. something I've done myself, but yeah, I hear, like I hear a lot of people, um, you know, come over for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can really resonate with the whole failing the, the Japanese course. I've <laughs> <laughs> there, done that too at university. I followed your oh, Japanese story. That was really moving. Oh. <laughs> But, you know, it doesn't matter if you do fail at university because you can still be successful in Japan, even if you do not have a degree in Japanese. Yeah, um, Yeah, that was quite the interesting um, experience to make, because as a student, you get you basically get indoctrinated that anything and everything you do during your um, university times is going to be what uh, what decides your life from here and uh, what's gonna set your path for life. And that was a really scary concept. So I'm really, really glad. Looking back, everything worked out, but if you ask my 25 year old self, um, I think I was just really, really scary. Mm, I'd say so, yes. So what, what would you tell your 25 year old self now? From, um, the, from the ripe old age of 31. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say? There's, uh, hey, I'm 39 this weekend, so you know. <laughs> I can't oh, say. really? Yeah, it's my birthday on Saturday. Yeah, I'll be 39. So, oh gosh, yeah. well, I'll be checking back a bit for that. But um, I didn't know we were that close in age. It's really not that much higher. Um, so yeah, what would I tell my 25-year-old self? Um, I think the biggest thing I would tell myself is uh, 
stop crying too much it's gonna be it's gonna be okay that sounds so cliche but um looking back i realized so many things just worked out and it is pretty incredible how things fall in place so i will tell my 25 year old self that i should just breathe despite the fear mongering that was going on and um, despite chances that I did not have or chances that I might not have been able to take that one day it would all connect that's what I would tell myself to give myself a little bit of relief I guess yeah it's it's easy to say from you know the hindsight of yeah. being six years down the track etc um, yeah but it's so true isn't it like generally everything works out <laughs> as as flat and cliche as it might sound it is probably the biggest thing i would tell anyone who's younger than me right now and who's seeking advice i would say work with what you have because it's incredible um that at this certain stage that i am right now which is 31 which is probably not really wise and old at all but uh, I realized that my skills um, were what made up what I'm doing right now. It is um, pretty incredible, but I am using most of my skills and I never even thought about it because you have your skills, you grow up in a certain environment and um, you just, that's just you. You never really think about it or you never really question your skills or you never really think about them as something special. But at some point, the chances might be that uh, you might be able to use those, all those skills, all your skill sets to make a living, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing something that you love rather than something that you're perhaps qualified for. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, what skills would you say have really helped you um, to be where you are now, do you think? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. Um, what skills did help me? Well, first and foremost, I grew up bilingual. Um, my parents luckily were very stubborn about that. So they, um, we spoke German at home too, but they would try to speak Turkish to me as good as they could and um, made me answer in Turkish too. Mm. And uh, so I think that really shaped my, um, my understanding for living between two cultures, which I'm doing now, right now in Japan too. So I had been living a similar life in Germany already with a Turkish background, being born and raised in Germany. I always had to figure out um, how to, um, yeah, how to compromise between two cultures and what's more between two religions, which uh, are very different. And um, as a young person, this is a really, really hard path to take. And I had to figure out so much about um, who I am, what my family is, and where do I want to go, and how do I want to shape my own self. So I think that really, really helps me with my life in Japan. It makes me so much more relaxed about intercultural situations. And um, I realized that it also helps me a lot with language. Um, apparently well it sounds stupid to say that but apparently my japanese is quite good compared to what other people hear i'm not sure if that's a thing but um it might be that i'm just able to pick up language much quicker or um 
adjust to a certain kind of tone and uh, context much better due to that. Well, you I mean, you only speak like what four languages? <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> right? <laughs> Just yeah, that's more. the thing. I really, really love learning languages. So that's been all, also there all my life. I think that's also one of the things that grew out of me growing up bilingual, my love for languages. So yeah, that's something. And hospitality. That's another one that has been on board all along because I grew up um, with the Turkish culture um which is very hospitable so anyone who has been to turkey um, on a vacation or even for a brief time would say that turkish people are really hospitable um they are just chatty and sweet and uh they they can become friends with anyone kind of um yeah personality i would say uh so that has been there all along and i think that really shaped me for becoming um, a host too um, i used to be an airbnb host before i started my tours or during my tours moreover um, i i really like this um, what is it in japanese it's obviously omotenashi but i really like accommodating people i really like supporting and making people um, feel comfortable so that is something that has been on board which I did not realize but turned out to be falling just in place later in life yeah when you started talking about hospitality just now I just mm -hmm. got the the full body tingles which means mm -hmm. that you've hit on something really big there and I like I just I knew that um, you know obviously having a Turkish background would mean that you were brought up being you know educated in and being hospitable to people but ultimately this is what is this amazing mix that you have and especially this knowledge of how to be hospitable without necessarily really trying um mm -hmm. is you know what makes your business so you know successful or so enjoyable for you yeah i think so yeah yeah, yeah amazingly so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah back and you know the 25 year old you back in germany perhaps had no idea that Absolutely. something that perhaps you'd struggled with you know be juggling these two cultures living in germany was actually going to be the thing that mm -hmm. is helping you to live the life you want to live in japan you know <laughs> yes it is as crazy as it may sound right it is pretty amazing <laughs> yeah Oh, that's amazing and i have to say and i mean um and some of my listeners who are japanese may not know any mm -hmm. turkish people themselves but mm -hmm. i remember when i was in living in germany and one of my mm -hmm. german school classmates was turkish and she invited us to her house for afternoon tea and we went there to mm -hmm. this banquet it was a <laughs> amazing banquet of uh, Turkish food. She must have spent like weeks <laughs> preparing <laughs> for this, this amazing afternoon tea. We were just oh, so yeah. amazed, just uh, blowing away. <laughs> yeah, it comes really natural. So I'm really glad you got to experience that. It, yeah. It's very, very natural to Turkish people. Um, they really love to invite their friends over, invite their families over. You will never see a Turkish house empty. <laughs> there will always be shoes in front of the door. 
right always people visiting and Mm -hmm. so by being away from your family is that Mm -hmm. hard for you to be in japan to be away from your extended family Mm, it is very hard for me to be away from my core family right Um, it is uh, i think it's hard to understand if you have never lived abroad but i think most of your listeners are living abroad Mm. so they know this experience but um, my family has been split all over the place anyway so um, my core family as i would call it is my mother and my little brother uh, who are still living in germany and um i really do miss them a lot um i figured out at some stage i had this shocking moment uh, when i was just i'm just doing some daily task and it fell like a bucket of cold water over my head i was like i am living the life that my mother was living in germany and this realization just really shocked me because she came to germany when she was 14 I came to Japan when I was, what, 26, seven, <laughs> something around that. And um, I realized that I am now struggling or having the same life as she did with us. She had to go back or she brought us back to Turkey every year so we could meet our family. And this is going to be the life I am living or this is the life I am living. So it's hard, but um, I, I have seen it before. And I know what to expect, I guess. So maybe I can do it better with my own children if I have children one day. So yes, it is hard, but um, it's also great having a lovely community of uh, female entrepreneurs and also females that are married to Japanese people who are exactly in the same situation. And um, it's just relieving having others that understand you so well. Yes, that's true, isn't it? Having, you know, even if you are far away from home, having some kind of community who gets mm-hmm. you is, yeah, so important, isn't it? So I'm glad that you've found that here in Japan. Yes, yes. we're a bit of a tight-knit bunch. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. And I'm really grateful. So if there's anyone listening out there who has not found a network yet or who feels alone, um, I want them to know that I went through the same feelings and I had a very lonely first year in Japan until I found this network. And um, please, if you cannot find it by yourself, uh, you can reach out to me through Foodie Tours Japan or probably also to Jane. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think we will be happy to connect you because no one should be alone in a foreign country. It Mm. makes it so, so hard. Yeah, Yeah. I also found until, you know, like because I, First, I did have a network, and that was my English teacher's network mm-hmm. of friends who I made when I arrived in Japan. But one by one, they all left Japan and went home. And one day I woke up oh, and I found yeah. that I didn't have any friends anymore, you oh, know, yeah. like, and suddenly yeah. I was um, a mother with a child, and, you know, I couldn't yeah. even connect with the other foreigners here who are just like, you know, ALTs who have just arrived and won't be staying long anyway. I didn't really fit in. in a completely different life stage. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. 
Yeah, until I found that new network that suited my life now as a, a mother uh-huh. and a long-term resident in Japan, I was yeah. quite unhappy. Yeah. So Yeah. I'm so glad you did because mm. no one deserves to be unhappy. It makes life so so tough, especially in a in a foreign country. It is the worst that can happen. Mm, yeah so yeah especially if you're not living in a big city like tokyo where you know you could stumble across a fellow (laughs) um, (laughs) person yeah if you're living in the countryside um Mm -hmm. you know the internet is the place to be um you can definitely still make good connections with people even if you don't see them face to face ever Mm -hmm. um or only sometimes because that i've definitely managed to do that even from up here in fukushima so yeah. yeah, it's um it's okay. You can you can find your network even online and it can still have value. Mm. And the- I really respect that because you have a very different perspective on this lifestyle. You have a different perspective on all these questions uh, um, from compared to what I see as I live close to Tokyo and you have made your own network from where you are. And you have valuable tips for anyone who's not living close to a big city. So that is amazing. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, this year I've got a word of the year, which I'm using that is the word faith, as in to Mm -hmm. have faith in myself. How about you? Do you have a word of the year that guides your actions? Um, I did not actively think about it until I read your question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I halted for a moment and I, and I went seeking inside myself. And I realized that just yesterday when I was talking to my husband in the dark of the night, when we were looking at the storm, we put out all lights. I took that moment to just breathe and think about my word. And I realized that it's growth. Mm. Um, just a second before I read your question, I was talking to my husband and telling him that I wanted this year to be a year of growth for myself uh, in many ways, obviously, but um, especially the biggest feeling that I had is that I want to become a better person than I was yesterday. So I really take um, lots of chances to go out of my comfort zone this interview being one of the biggest, by the way. (laughs) I really, really hate my own voice. And I'm a very, um, yeah, I don't have much confidence in myself. So I really don't want to make this a secret because I know there are many other people that struggle with confidence and I want them to know that it's okay to struggle with confidence. Um, So you're putting myself outside uh, my comfort zone is basically what I've been doing all year until now and it's been great I can only say it's been great because I didn't have friends last year and this year I have so many that alone is just such a benchmark so yeah growth is my word of the year Mm. so if you look back to say January Mm -hmm. uh, from let's use January as you know the start of the year and to Mm -hmm. now how like what are some of the the milestones you could um, point out as either growth um, in your confidence or other other ways of growing that you've Um, done this year so far we're only up to October we've got a few more months to go (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, okay, I think there have been um, two, two things in the recent two months uh, where or three even I, I could I could give you loads of examples now that I think about it but um, okay here are a couple of uh, things maybe three um, I gave a presentation about Foodie Tools Japan at an event with 40 to 50 people wow which was absolutely out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. I had I had the most horrible week um coming up to that uh, presentation and um i was plagued by anxiety every day and my heart rate was up all day and that's just no joke it was up all day and i was just so frightened to make a fool out of myself in front of so many people and the worst thing is when you're the face of your brand you are um well I felt so afraid to damage my brand with something stupid, I might say. And uh, that was that was just brilliant because it showed me. Um, it was just like the storm yesterday. It was so much thunder in my head and so many feelings and so much sweating. But the next day it's 30 degrees outside and it's sunny like nothing ever happened. So that was the feeling after I had that presentation. That was a huge bit of growth for me as I received so much lovely feedback. Another one was I gave an interview for an article that was written about me at um, Tokyo Interlopers. Thank mm. you to Tak, by the way, here. Uh, Tak from Tokyo Interlopers is just a sweetheart. And, um, and yes, and I learned to pitch in my, my company's um, objective in Japanese so these three things have been a huge bit of growth for me in the past months yeah um, yeah so um, if anyone's listening and you haven't seen Tokyo interlopers um, you can mm -hmm. find them on Facebook isn't it they have a Facebook page and they're also they on Instagram is yeah yeah they cover all bases so mm -hmm. just look up Tokyo interlopers it is basically like humans of new york was it was yeah that? yeah um, yeah which i found incredibly interesting which i have been following for a very long time and when i found out about tokyo interlopers um i met tech by coincidence so he approached me and i was really happy to give that interview and spread my message that's great isn't it yeah i love that yeah. um i don't know if you call it a website or a blog or whatever it is <laughs> but yes. um it's it's so nice to see so many different sides of tokyo yeah it is um, it is mm, it's all colors of the rainbow that tokyo has and we're so many foreigners so many interesting foreigners living in japan um i love that tech is giving a voice to those people yeah yeah i'm only yeah i'm I'm a little bit upset that I don't live in Tokyo, so I can't be on oh, Tokyo interlopers. <laughs> Maybe I will just interlope to Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> that is or one Fukushima. thing. And the internet is connecting us right now, so there are ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you were on Tokyo interlopers. You, you did this amazing presentation for 50 people. That's a lot of people and um, scared <laughs> uh, yeah like it's that's scary stuff you know um and i remember you said something about before you went to do that that you were having a, a tough time and we talked a little mm -hmm. bit about um upper limiting 
mm-hmm. and how your body was keep perhaps trying to keep you safe from this thing yes. that it was um yes thinking of as scary dangerous life-threatening to stand in front of 50 people and yes, do a exactly <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um so now that you've done it like how do you feel about doing it again um I actually don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wonder if my body would do go through the same fight or flight reaction next time I have this coming up. But um, I think I might actually feel more comfortable about it. It is really mad, but I I think it's just a rubber gum. uh, Sorry, like a rubber band. And I... um, I expanded it so hard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now it's really, really flexible, I feel. But that's just a feeling. <laughs> Who yeah. knows how it happens? That's a good way to explain it. And perhaps, you know, next time there's still a little bit of tension there as you mm-hmm. expand to do another talk in front of 50 people. But it won't mm-hmm. be quite the same as it was the first time. And then the next time it'll be even easier and easier each yeah. time. It's like, you know, you're stretching that comfort zone out. And um, yeah, so it's always yeah, good to get that first time over with. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I bet you had the same experience with your podcast. Oh my God. Yes. Quite a jump. <laughs> exactly. Like two, a few days ago, I thought, yeah, I'll be okay. Um, I met some <laughs> And then I was like, no, that wasn't quite how I thought it would be. But actually next time I know I will be even better. Like mm-hmm. surely. So yeah, we can, we can definitely expand our um, comfort zones bit by bit. And okay. like I just said, you know, have a sleep, sleep on it. And the next day mm-hmm. it'll be like, yeah, sunny never happened <laughs> or we've moved never on. Never yeah. It never happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's coming up next for you, Gazem? What shall we look out for in the future from Foodie Tours Japan? Mm-hmm. Um, so a big thing in the making is right now that I am rebranding and um, I have decided to take on Foodie Tours Japan uh, from a different perspective. It took me a lot of time for thinking um, about where I'm actually headed and what I actually want to include and what not. So that was a lot of uh, soul searching and it took a lot of time. And I think everyone who has been following Foodie Tours Japan uh, could probably see it in my posts. Uh, sometimes I've been very indecisive, but I am rebranding right now. I hope to come up with a new name. So that might be something, but also a website is in the works. So I'm waiting for my rebranding to implement it in a website and then we will have a website launch. Finally, a website for my food tours. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so I just like to, to, to just stop you for a second and say, um, uh-huh. Gizem, you have a fairly successful <laughs> business and you don't even have a website. So all those people out there who are like, I, I'll start when my website is done. Look, you yeah. do not need a website. You just need some to get a customer from somewhere. That's right. That's Until right. you sell something, you do not have a business. So let's oh, just yeah, that's, that's do something. True. 
that's true the thing is i understand those kind of people too because it's that perfectionism that has kept me from launching my website it just does not look presentable yet there is uh, half of the content is missing there are a couple of crappy pictures in there so uh, i have that perfectionism and it's very really difficult to overcome but yes as you said correctly um you don't necessarily in this day of uh, day and age you don't necessarily need a website to sell your service first thing is you have to say you have a service and that is already difficult enough to put out there that you are doing something and from there people might or might not pick it up and spread the word for you but first you have to say what you're doing and it all will start from there that's right you actually have to take some action yeah and some do something <laughs> and then see how it goes and then maybe change a few things and then do do some more things and see how that goes and mm -hmm. this is what you've been doing and you're getting there isn't it you are getting yeah, closer yeah. to what it is that you want to be doing and how you want it to look and we can't know that from not doing anything and just keeping it all in our heads really yes yeah yeah so you know if you have to rebrand that's fine go and rebrand mm -hmm. yeah um but don't let that let having a brand stop you from even getting started yeah yeah that's yeah. correct those are very hard to beat limiting beliefs and i think um especially women might have to m might struggle with that that um it, that there's a certain amount of perfectionism resting in all of us to be pleasing others to not disappoint others and uh, to present a product that is actually presentable but then the question is who decides what is presentable and that's only you but it is hard to have uh, to feel confident about your product so um i recommend talking to friends and um people who are in a similar situation and pick their brains and not be shy and um yeah hold back about talking what you have in mind and who knows maybe you'll get some interesting feedback about it exactly and that like that's probably the simplest first step that anyone can take is to just talk about what they're thinking about because mm -hmm. talking about it helps you to figure out you know is this exactly what i want or is this you know because in your head it mm. might seem like a good idea but when you actually verbalize it it's like oh well that's not actually what i want but you'll also get some feedback won't you and you'll also get some help like if you talk about things people mm -hmm. will say things like oh i know a really good designer who will mm -hmm. knock up a logo for you yes. in a few in you know like in an hour or yes. Oh, I know someone who's coming to Japan who's gluten free and needs a mm. needs a gluten free tour. That would be amazing for them. Let me yeah. hook you up. So mm -hmm. yeah, like keeping your your dream to yourself doesn't help anybody. Mm. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Just like you said. Yeah. So yeah, definitely get out there. If you don't do anything else, get out there and start talking about it and <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's a that's the biggest step, and you don't even need a website, nor an Instagram account, nor a Facebook page for that. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. get out there and do something, and then watch as once you do something, watch as the universe starts to send things to you because you've actually started to take some action. And I'll give you the example mm -hmm. of um, one of my wonderful clients mm -hmm. who I'm working with at the moment who wants to. Um, 
start being a more of an active photographer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as soon as she actually sat down and decided how much it would cost to work with her officially, mm -hmm. all of these job offers started coming to her as to be, you know, oh, interesting. like, like like there was like nothing on the horizon for her, but as okay. soon as she sat down and said, okay, this is how much it costs. Okay. Like she said, Oh my God, I got three offers today. Like they were wow. just waiting for her to sort herself out. Basically. That is unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Isn't it? Yeah. That, so is really that, cool. that little story. Yeah, I love that story. Good one. Yeah. So even if it's a teeny weeny action, like sorting out what your mm -hmm. prices are, you just never know what will happen. So things will start to move when you do. So yeah, let's take an action, whatever that might be. I agree. I agree. Ooh. Yeah. Very, so very everyone good. who's listening and would like to take a step, but doesn't want to take a plunge. Um, that is the way to go. Yeah. I, yeah. I think plunging is, yeah, not always the best idea. <laughs> because then you will leap back you know like if a cat falls into like a bathtub of water and then mm -hmm. they leap back out again and they look terrified yeah. they're like that's what can that's quite often what can happen yeah, that was unexpected kind of situation <laughs> and i'm back where i started um okay. <laughs> or you know you may swim around like a dolphin who knows but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true it can go both ways but um Start with little risk and yeah. uh, the most little risk you can take is obviously just use what you have. Start what start with what you have. Yeah. I recently saw this quote on the wall at Nagato Cho Grid, mm -hmm. which is a fabulous co-working space uh, slash rental space um, in the heart of Tokyo. And they had this fantastic quote on a wall and it just yeah engraved in my brain it said start with what you have and as simple as it sounds as I started repeating that in my head I realized that it is so true it hurts start with yeah. what you have and start with what you have means also you have hands you have eyes you have a mouth you have a network you have Facebook most probably <laughs> yes <you> <laughs> And that's so true because it is in you, mm -hmm. but you just don't realize it. Yeah. And you don't, yeah. yeah. We just need to know that. Yeah. Everything that we need, we already have in ourselves basically. It's true. Yeah. Yes. And just Yours. believing that mm. is half the problem sometimes. That's right. That's right. That's Guilty. right. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty over here. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, if anybody wants to join a foodie tour or maybe they've got some people coming to visit them in Japan and they'd love them to join one of your foodie tours, how can people get in touch with mm -hmm. you, Gazem? Um, well, I have a Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> foodie Tours Japan. I also have an Instagram account called Foodie Tours Japan. And uh, a soon-to-be-launched website, let's wait for end of the year, it will be called Foodies, uh, Foodie Japan, sorry, www.foodiejapan.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, But that is all subject to change due to the rebranding. So best to follow me on Facebook or Instagram to stay in the loop. And other than that, you can send me an email. Um, through my Facebook page or you can find my email address on my Instagram page too. 
Very good. Um, so, you know, like you've, you used, what can, do you mind if we say what your old business name was Absolutely for your tours? Not. What no. was, what did you used to call your tours? It was. Um, I started out with a Tokyo Full Metal Foodie. That's so right. Tokyo Full Metal Tokyo Foodie. Full metal <laughs> foodie. Yes. yes. Yeah. And now you've, you've morphed to Foodie Tours Japan. Yeah. Yes. And let's see where you go next. See, and That's it's right. fine, isn't it? It's totally <laughs> fine to change your name. Let's see what comes out of the next morphing. Yeah. Yes. It's quite a morphing <laughs> process right now. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Gazem. It's been wonderful talking to you. So many nuggets. Yeah, of good information there. And I hope some of my listeners will get in touch with you to send their, their, you know, their various relatives and friends who are coming to Japan. And um, I will let, be happy to welcome them. Yeah, that would be great. I I look forward to one day joining one of your tours when I actually get to Tokyo. <laughs> so, oh, you are more than welcome. Absolutely. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, you have a good Thank day, Gazem. So Thank today. you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that was an interview with the lovely Gazem from... Uh, foodie tourist japan and so if you have any relatives or friends coming to tokyo and you're like oh my god i don't even know where the cool places to go are and they're saying i want to go to this place and that place then you can just send them to gazem and she will look after them for you and i've seen some and heard great things about her tours so if even if you're interested yeah definitely sign up for one of those i'll be doing one next time i'm in tokyo that's for sure so yeah we talked about lots of great things but i think one of the key takeaways from this episode is that you know you have your unique combination of abilities skills um character and even upbringing, yeah, some things that you may have chosen, some things you were just born with, some things are just circumstances that you've come from. But this unique combination of things can lead you to doing something that is uniquely you and very, very special. So I love how um, Gizem's, you know, upbringing, um, being from a Turkish family, living in Germany, and the hospitality that is just part of the Turkish culture that she has brought to her food tours in Tokyo of all places. So um, that's an amazing combination of, of things, isn't it? So yeah, if you're wondering, oh, but what's my passion? What, where should I go with this idea? Yeah, just take a look at, at, at yourself. Everything you need is within you, and I have to keep learning this lesson myself. I I will be honest and say I have not mastered this yet either, but everything we need, we have within ourselves. So, yeah, let's, instead of looking out there for the next um, app or the, <laughs> the next whatever achievement, maybe looking inside might be a better way to find what it is that you really need. And it was probably there with you all along. Another great takeaway from this episode is that 
you don't need to have the perfect brand, the perfect name, the perfect product to get started, but having something is better than nothing. And just getting going is the main thing. And as you can see from Gazem's story, she started out, um, she mentioned briefly that she had um, an Airbnb that she was running. And part of the Airbnb was that she would take her clients, you know, people who were staying with her on these tours. And that became something that she was even more passionate about. So um, that's how she's kind of started and it's and it's transitioning as it goes along. It's, um, you know, it's transforming as it goes along. That's the word I was looking for. My favorite word, transforming. Um, yeah, so please check uh, Gazem's feed out on Instagram. And yeah, definitely if you want to go and experience some of the amazing food that's on offer in Tokyo, definitely sign up for one of her tours if you're in town. So as always, I would love to hear from you after this. Please tell me what did you take away from this episode? Maybe it was something different that I didn't uh, cover. And yeah, just reach out to me on Instagram. I'm at Jane Nakata, J-A-Y-N-E Nakata, N-A-K-A-T-A. And or you can come over to my website, www.jnakata.com, where you can uh, sign up for my uh, podcast mailing list and you can hear about all the episodes as they come out and insider things that I don't share anywhere else. Just a little secret for you there. All right. Hope you're having a good day and I'll see you next time. Bye bye. みなさん、こんにちは。今日のインタビューのサマリーです。今日のインタビューの方は、ギゼムっていう名前の,あのトルコ人のドイ,ドイツ出身の方ですね。でどあのお母さんがトルコ人でドイツでずっと育てた、育てられたんだけど、あの20代の後,後半に日本に来て、今の旦那さんに知り合って、で、最初はスキー場で働いてたらしくて、新潟県のあの雪がたくさんあるスキー場で働いてそこであの大学で勉強日本語を勉強してたんだけどあの本当はスキー場で日本語をたくさん勉強ができたらしくてにその後日本あ東京の方に引っ越して自分のビジネスを立ち上がるところですね。でそのビジネスはフードツアーズ、東京の2つのエリアのフードツアーをあの外国人に提供してます。でそのフードツアーがいろんなあの食事制限の人でも参加できるツアーなので、ちょっと人気が,あ,の人気がありますね。その例えば、グルーテンフリーっていうあの小麦粉を食べれない人向きのツアーとか、あと、ビーガンもいましたね。ビーガンは、その、ベジテリアンより厳しい制限
なんですね。その、あの、卵、チーズ、あの乳製品、あと、例えば皮、皮の、の、しあの、靴とかも使わない。もう動物のもの、ものを使わないっていう、あの、食事生活もあるっていうんだけど、他の,の自分、なんか生活の仕方ですね。皮も使わないで、あと、例えば魚も絶対に食べないし、そういう、あの、もう生活の仕方、ビーガンっていうツアーで、あと、まあ、ハラルではないんですけど、ムスリム向きのツアーも今、あの、作ってるんですね。で、そのギゼムの、あの、今までの経験とか、あと、今のビジネスは、あの、フーリー・トゥーズ・ジャパンという名前なんですけど、最初は全然違う名前で始まったらしくて、でもどんどんどんどん自分らしいいい方向にあの変えてます。で、もうビジネスは1年間以上やってるんですけど、まだまだウェブサイトがたあの作ってないですねで。そのウェブサイトなくても、ビジネスができるっていう話をしました。で、あの、まあ、新しいビジネス挑戦しようとする人がよくいい,い,いわけとして使うのはまだ、まあ、ウェブサイトはないとか、ウェブサイトの作り方はわかりませんとか、あと、あの、ロゴはないとか、ビジネスの名前もないっていう、そういう言い訳を作って、あの、何もしないですね。なので別に何もしなくてもとりあえずやりたいことをいろんな人に話してみるっていう方法を話して話してみると頭の中のアイディアが言葉にするともっとはっきりもうわかるようになるしあとその人と話すといいね、いいねっていう応援の声も来ると思うし、あと、あの、オファーも来るかもしれないですね。例えば、まあ、フードツアーだったら、ああ、私の、あの、知り合いが来月東京に来るから、ぜひ案内してくださいとか、そういうオファーが来るかもしれないですね。あと、ああ、私は、私の友達は老後を作る人の、作る人なので、あの、ちょっと紹介しましょうかとか、そういうすごいオファーが来るので、ぜひ皆さんも自分の眠ってる夢を少しでもあの言葉にしましょうね。で、完璧じゃなくても何かなんかアクション取るとリアクションがあるんですよね。反応があるの,、ね、ので、考えるばっかりで何もならないので、ぜひ何かの小さくてものアクションをしましょうね。うん。そう。じゃあ、皆さん、どうでしたかなんか、お勉強になりましたもし、そういうコメントがあれば、ぜひ、インスタグラムで、あの、あの、私をタグして、今の聞いてる、えー、エピソードのスクリーンショットを撮って、インスタグラムにアップして、私をタグして、at、at mark Jane 中田。で、あの、お勉,勉強したところを教えてください。もう楽しみにしています。じゃあ、皆さん、またすぐ
あの新しいエピソードが来るのでお楽しみにしてください。バイバーイ。Thank、you